So I had a cold open I wanted to talk about, but then my dog did the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. He ate he ate the cold open. He ate the cold open. Yeah, my dog <laughs> ate the cold open. Steve. Um <laughs> so we have a new dog that we got like four or five months ago. Um his name is Steve Irwin. And he is a golden retriever and He is baby. He has never done a single thing wrong in his life. Agreed. Oh. Alright. Uh, okay. <laughs> the three of them, Kristen Lady and B, have kind of ganged up against me. They are Steve apologists. They apologize for all of his bad behavior. Every day. Even after he'd knocked my Christmas card from B with her family's picture off of the fridge. They were like, no, he didn't do that. He didn't mean to, okay? It trying to accident. trying to share extra love. I get it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Whatever. <laughs> Apologist. Apologist. You are toxic. Cancelled. We're all, uh, what's it called? What uh, shall we exonerate him for now? Please tell yes. us. <laughs> so, he, um, for some reason he's really, like, floppy. I don't know why. Like, he'll, like, lay on the couch and then look back at you to make sure you're behind him and literally just, like, flop backwards onto you. Oh Trust God. Really cute. <laughs> Yeah, he trust falls, but he doesn't like warn you. So I was sitting on the That's couch. A trust fall. Yeah, I was sitting on the couch, and I was, I had a glass of wine in my hand, and I had my uh my book on my lap, and we were Brian had suits on the TV. We were just chilling, and then all of a sudden the dog like flops backwards onto my lap and nearly spills a full entire glass of red wine, and he just like looked up at me like, well the the glass was in my way. I want to delay here. I don't know what. I don't know what you want from me. I can't control this big floppy body. And then he fucking <laughs> fell off the couch. <laughs> he, like, he limped, noodled himself back onto me, but he didn't like remember to stop being a little limp noodle and just like slithered off the side of the couch. <laughs> I'm imagining this in slow motion. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> he did it once before. It, it was really in slow motion where he like had his head on my leg, but he was leaning back. So his back was against the edge of the couch. And he like went to turn and look at Ryan while he was laying on my leg. And because of that like movement of turning, he just like very slowly fell <laughs> straight on his back off off the couch is steve Bless just him. like is he just the representation of someone with adhd and just yes. like no spatial oh, yeah. <laughs> like awareness? no spatial awareness he's a as i said a golden retriever he weighs 63 pounds he's a big boy he thinks in his mind he is small enough to climb up and sit on the back of our couch and he does he manages Aww. he manages to wedge himself up there but yeah the dog ate my cold open because him falling off the couch, like literally a, a slippery wet noodle sliding onto the floor <laughs> was the funniest thing I've seen all day. And it completely overshadowed the cold open I was going to bring. Well, amazing. I'm never going to complain about Approve. Steve content. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank you for this good content. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. thank you. Amazing now we content. Can go into this episode I had been missing on a Steve vibes. update, so this is good. Let's get started. Now that you've had your Steve update of the week. I love it. Thank you. Hi, and welcome to my podcast, Knows What You Read in the Dark, a book club podcast made by chaotic people for chaotic people. I'm B. I'm Kristen. I'm a lady. And I'm Caitlin. And we are four friends here to tell you what's what about the books we read and loved this month or the books we hated this month. This is the second part in our 
thrift store book extravaganza. And Kristen is up first. So Kristen, what did you read? My book's not really old, um, like some of the other ones that we talked about. Um, but I did find it there and was kind of surprised that it was there because it came out fairly recently. Um, I'm not really what? sure. In the last couple of years, at least. Um, and I've seen a lot of hype around it, even in one page library. So when I saw it for $6 on the shelf, I was like, sure, like, why not? Especially considering what I know about the book, which was that what was, which was one thing and one thing only that this entire story revolves around a theme park called Dreamland, which if you haven't guessed already, is Disney World. I have no idea what book you're talking about. I don't about know, either, either. but like, this seems to oh, check yeah, out for you because you're a Disney adult, so... Well, that's probably why it's on my radar. But um, anyway, like as a self-admitted Disney adult, I have to admit that this premise very much enticed me because I'm someone who's wanted to work for Disney my entire adult life. Not necessarily in the parks because, you know, I just that doesn't entice me, but just for the company as a whole. Um, like I'm a data nerd. So the idea of getting my hands on the data that they collect is just fascinating to me. I'd love to look inside of it. Can I? Hold on. I just want to point out the like extra factor of Kristen wanting to get, like see all the data that Disney collects on people. <laughs> I think it's fascinating. Like I I cuz like I they know like what time you're in the park and where you are at what time. That's how they like hand out fast passes. Like it is so fascinating. I want to know everything. If someone that. is to steal my data, I want it to be Kristen. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. Road, I want to know what what ride you rode at what time and what you ate for lunch. I am I stayed in your apartment, and now I'm concerned. <laughs> you do not want to know how many chili cheese dogs I could consume in a day, Kristen, actually. <laughs> I do, actually. I want to know all the things. I'm just nosy. I'm like, I'm a nosy person. That's why I like data so much. Anyway, like, all this to say, like, I love Disney, not necessarily corporate Disney, because I have made very open comments about how much I hate corporate Disney, but I like Disney as a whole. Um, the movies were my entire world and going to the parks is something that I enjoy doing every single year. Um, it takes me back to being a little kid and the feeling of magic is everywhere. And so the idea of getting that in a book was very, very exciting. And, um, yeah, I was extremely let down. Um, Aww. so the book that I'm talking about is called The Fine Print by Lauren Asher. Never heard of it. I'm shocked that you guys haven't heard about I don't think I've heard of them. I know Emily talked about them. Um, it's part of the Dreamland Billionaires trilogy, um, which is about three brothers who work for the Dreamland like corporation, which is Disney again. You know, when contemporary romance gets brought up, my brain just turns to static. It does not. <laughs> nothing penetrates the wall that my brain builds around itself when contemporary romance is brought up. You say that, I say billionaires. <laughs> Well, we're going to get into that. Um, <laughs> uh, when I saw this book for the first time, it was at Barnes & Noble, and it has the castle on the front of it. It's a very blatant ripoff of the Disneyland castle. And so I was like, what is this? And so I read the back of it, and it looked pretty good. And so I was like, I'll get around to it eventually. It's on Kindle Unlimited. I'll, I'll read it eventually. Um, and I just kept not doing it, and then I saw it at the thrift store, and I was like, okay, well, it's time to just get over with and do it. Um, and like I said, I've seen a lot of people talk about it and it has a pretty good rating on Goodreads. So I was like, whatever. Um, and it just didn't live up to anything that I thought it would. Um, so this book follows, uh, Rowan and Zara. Um, Rowan is a billionaire, as you can probably tell, whose grandfather actually opened Dreamland. Boo! He's a billionaire and a Nepo baby? Uh, yeah. Ew, uh, gross. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and then Zara is a low level employee who starts out working in the park, but she ends up, but she wants to be a creator. Or if you know anything about Disney, she wants to be basically an Imagineer. These are the people that design the rides, the floats, the everything. Like they're the ones that make the parks come to life. And they're the ones that do a lot of the building and drawing. Um, and that's something that she wants to do. So this is supposed to be a story of like a sunshine girl who falls in love with a morally gray bad boy. Um, but it falls so fucking flat. Don't they always? They always do. Um, Rowan isn't even like morally gray. He's just a fucking asshole. <laughs> and, and like, while there's no such thing as a good billionaire, of course, like a lot of the times in books like these, the ma- the male protagonists like aren't typical be- billionaires. Like they're not Mark Zuckerberg or Jeff Bezos, but this guy is. Um, oh, and they, no. she make, yeah, she makes a comment very early that he voted against increasing the minimum wage in the parks. What the fuck? Ew. And he voted for raising the cost of their healthcare pa- of their healthcare plans while lowering the benefits. Why are we Ew. supposed to root for this guy? Exactly. Oh he's a piece of shit. Like, he's not even, like, a cool billionaire who, like, just has private jets and likes to blow money. Like, he's just a, he's just like Mark Zuckerberg or Jeff Bezos. And usually in those kind of books, it's, it's basically, like, the, the fantasy of a rich person. They have the money and they spend it on these fancy things and experiences and vacations. Like Christian Grey is yeah. like a good example. Like he's a he's a billionaire, but he just like blows his money on dumb shit. Yes. Like, like terrible jeans, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, like sex, sex jeans. jeans. Um <laughs> I still can't um, get over that. <laughs> when the book starts, um, Rowan's grandfather has just died, and so in his will and testament, um, he's left three letters to um, uh, Rowan and his two brothers and saying that in order to get their um, inheritance, which is $25 billion a piece. Oh my God. Yeah. um, That they have to complete certain tasks. And Rowan's task is to improve Dreamland. That's hella vague. Well, like, so this is the thing. He says, to receive your 18% of the company, you'll be expected to become the director of Dreamland and spearhead a unique project for me in the next six months. And he has to identify the weaknesses and develop a renovation plan that would be worthy of his legacy. At the end of it, like there's going to be a board vote. And if the board votes that his plan is good, he'll get his shares. If he if they vote no, then he doesn't get the shares at all. Can you Wild. imagine the political scheming? Why Exactly. Like, and like the people, when I tell you the people that are on this board, fucking unreal, dude. Anyway, so Rowan moves to Florida. He like lived in Chicago. He moves to Florida, becomes a director of Dreamland and um, ends up meeting Zara, who um, he doesn't know, but like Zara used to know his grandfather and like had a plan to redo one of the rides there. Um, and then he died and fell through and her ex-boyfriend actually stole her idea and took it to the creators and uh, ended up getting credit for it. And so after that happened to her, like she was just kind of depressed and was like, you know, I don't even want to create anymore because I'm just going to get my ideas stolen and blah, blah, blah. Um, but right now she works in a, um, like a little hair salon, which I'm the only one that's going to know this, but at Disney World, they have a place called the Bibbidi Bobby Boutique and like they dress up little kids as princesses and like, or princes and like do all this cute stuff with them. That's basically what she does. Like she just does hair for little girls and like puts them in princess outfits and you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but she ends up submitting an idea because, um, 
Rowan has this thought that he's going to let people like drop ideas into like a, like a portal. And, um, you know, if all the ideas he thinks is good, he's going to take them back. And then if it's good enough, you can become a creator. And so on a drunken whim, Zara submits an idea and the next day Rowan finds her and says, Hey, I'm hiring you to be a creator. You start tomorrow. Um, like he just is like typical asshole behavior. Um, she knows him for, I don't know, probably three hours. And, uh, he like completely criticizes her idea at a meeting to redo one of their rides. And, um, whenever he does that, she like sasses him in front of everyone at the meeting, which is like 30 plus people. He's the director. Like he's well known to be a total fucking asshole. Of course. And like I said, she's known for like a total of three hours. Like she knows nothing about him except his bad reputation. And after he like dismisses everyone, keeps her in the room, she literally says, this is a quote, you better have a massive dick to back up that attitude or else people will be mighty disappointed. And this man replies and says, care to bring out a ruler and test your theory? No. Kristen, stop. HR, HR, HR. I'm not like, call the fucking police. And apparently that is so hot to him that he immediately kisses her after. Um, and like sexually assault her no. in this meeting room. Cool. Oh. So anyways, we move on to that. Um, they kind of, you know, hate each other for a little bit. I um, hate them too. <laughs> yeah, I hate them a whole fucking lot. You had said you didn't like your book and I was like, okay, okay. And God, ugh. I haven't done a hate read in a while. I feel like I need to now. Well, and I didn't even... I didn't think this was going to be a hate read. Like, I just thought that at most it'll probably be average. But then the more that I read it, I was like, who is pulling for this man? He's not even like a cool, rich, bad boy. He's just a dick who thinks he can get whatever he wants because he has money. And like, he's the boss. What am I supposed to be pulling for here? What makes him enticing to me? Nothing. Literally nothing. And so, anyways, uh, she ends up submitting a bunch of ideas that Rowan likes. And um, he, you know, kind of is counting on her to get him his shares in the company because all of her ideas are the best ones that's coming out of this group of creators. And so he's like, you know, if I keep her on this team and I can make her happy, she'll keep doing this. My plan will get approved and I can move back to Chicago and I don't have to be here. Because he has a lot of bad thoughts about Dreamland because his mother has died pretty recently and like every memory that he has of her is tied to dreamland because they used to go there all the time together and like he just has a deep hatred for it and he doesn't want to be there um and so the quicker he can you know get the six months over with and go back home is you know the best thing for him anyways like one of his brothers has a in in his um letter from their grandfather for him to get his share of the inheritance he has to marry and have a baby great yeah (laughs) And that's going to be one of the books. So, hmm, awesome. And his brother actually, like, is telling Rowan that he's, like, interviewing women. No, no. No, no, no. Yeah. Stop. And so, like, and this man what says. What is this book? I don't know. This man says to Rowan, what do you expect me to do? Fall in love the old-fashioned way? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I do, actually. Yeah. I do. Is that, I actually do. And then Rowan thinks this thought. He says. The idea is laughable. After everything we've been through with our father after our mother's death, 
None of us have any intention of falling in love because if we've learned anything, it's that the useless emotion makes people weak and powerless. It clouds judgment and has the opportunity to ruin everything. I hate him. I hate, I hate you. Like, they what are you talking about? suck. Like, what are you fucking talking about? Oof. Anyway, so the creators are typically like people who draw or build. But Zara is kind of a different story because she just submitted an idea and then Rowan immediately just hired her without really asking anything about her. And so, like, she goes to present one of her things and, like, she does a really bad drawing of, I think it's a ride that she's presenting. Rowan, he can draw very, very well. Like, one of his dreams when he was younger was to actually be a creator for a dreamland. And then a bunch of stuff happened. His mother died. His dad was a piece of shit to him. Like, he ended up deciding, you know, like, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I just want to make my money and go on somewhere. And so, whenever he notices that Zara, like, can't draw... He offers to um, take her idea to another creator and have them draw it for her. But he ends up doing it himself. And so whenever he gives it to Zara, she's like, you know, I want this. I want to talk to this guy. I want to tell him thank you. And I want to give him credit in my presentation. He's And he's like, doesn't want to tell her that he did it for some reason. And so he ends up being like, oh, uh, it's this guy named Scott. Okay. And she's like, well, um, I'm going to give you my number and you give it to Scott. And then if he think if he wants to reach out to me, he can so fucking Rowan no. downloads an app. You're gonna say it, and I'm gonna say he no. messages her and is like, "I got your number from Rowan." So he's like, no, "Pretending to be no. someone else." Oh my god, catfish! Yeah, oh god. Oh my god, Kristen, I just looked it up. This book is almost 500 fucking pages. Uh huh. Indeed, it is. It it has two epilogues. Oh, why? My god. god. I don't know. <laughs> It has an epilogue and then an extended epilogue. What the fuck? Is no. this Why did that offend me so much? And I and I'll tell you, um, I didn't fucking read the extended one because by the time I got to the end of the regular epilogue, I was fucking done. The audacity, Caitlin. It's the audacity as an author that your book is so good that it that warrants it a second epilogues. epilogue. Yeah, that I really want that much more. Yeah. Right. So, anyways, uh, Zara has this number of Rowan, aka Scott, and she's, and like, he kind of like starts flirting with her as another person while being a dick to her in real life. No! No! Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then at one point, this is so fucked up. So, uh, Zara, (laughs) Zara, (laughs) so Zara starts this like mentor thing with like, within the creators group where she wants to like, bring people in to um, like mentor people at the um, at the company, like younger people. And so she puts up a flyer in the office that has like these little, you know, those little tags where you can rip off and it has somebody's phone number on it. Rowan sees this list and gets so possessive that he what? takes every piece of paper with her uh, number on it. No. Yeah. And takes all of them, puts them in his pocket. And then Zara ends up like walking by. She's like, oh my God, everyone took all of my numbers. And then like, no one contacts her. And then nobody comes to the fucking meeting. Oh, except no. Rowan. She creates like 15 different accounts. <laughs> <so she laughs> different that would be a better story than what happens. So she's distraught and totally like downtrodden because no one he showed up. He should have shown up in different wigs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mr. Muppet Man. It's actually sadder than that because he shows up and then Zara shows up with the people that she's doing the mentor program with, who is her sister, who is disabled. Okay. 
the mentor program is so that these people at the, all these creators can work with disabled people who work for Dreamland and help them like become like more intertwined with the rest of the company and like be more accepted as people with disabilities and like Rowan ruined that because he took all the fucking numbers. I have a question. <laughs> okay. Why did the author feel the need to try and do this at all? I yeah. don't know. Because this isn't like disability representation. This is disability pandering. Yep. Yeah, I don't to be um like upfront, like her sister has Down syndrome. It feels like a brownie point than like her trying to bring awareness to people who work Dreamland like with disabilities. Um, you know, like Rowan's whole thing is like because he ends up getting close with Zara's sister, and so like how unless he has fifteen wigs for this mentorship program? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like it ends up just being him and like her sister, and that's it. But anyway, so like all that's going on. Um, and then there's uh, a. T- I'm sorry, stop. I'm still like on Amazon <laughs> trying to like get details on this book. There's a 12 year age gap. Uh huh. Ugh. It's, and you know, it's, uh, I didn't even notice it until I was almost done because it's only mentioned once. Wait, how, how old is that girl? Um, I think she is 19. Uh, Are oh you kidding me? My. No, I'm sorry. Not. If you were, if you were going to tell me she was like 30 and there was like a whatever year yeah, age gap, I'd I would be, be like, whatever. okay. I thought you 19? were saying she was like 30 because she's setting up a mentorship program for people who have worked there for so. What? She's setting a mentorship program for uh, for younger employees. She is the young employee. Yeah, no. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. You're a baby. She's like 19, 20 years old. Oh. Yeah. I didn't even buy this and I want my money back. <laughs> After I tell you all this stuff about what he did with the numbers and like kind of ruined her mentorship program or whatever. Oh my god. She has the fucking nerve to think that it's romantic. Oh, because no, she's 19 girl. and doesn't know better. Oh. She, <laughs> she's like, no normal man would steal all the papers with my number unless he cared. No, no, no normal bitch, man what? would steal all the numbers on the paper. <laughs> end of sentence, end of thought. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no normal man would do that. You're right. You should have just stopped there. You should have just stopped. That was the end of the sentence. I am shaking with rage. I can't. And then, after that, they decide, hey, um, we should fuck. No! Great. Mm-hmm. Great. Of course they do. And then we get the lovely sentence of two tongues dueling against one another for dominance, which I had to read in a published <laughs> novel and not on AO3.com. <sighs> no, no, no. I could fucking throw up. And like, this book was supposed to be like, every time I hear people talk about it, they're like, oh my God, the smut is so good. And blah, blah. It's not. It's awful. Like, Listen to this sentence. My tongue brands her pussy, showing no. her exactly who no. owns her. No. No, 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 no. The amount of times that she talks about being branded is, like, a little concerning. She's 19. Ugh. It was in every sex scene. <laughs> go straight to fucking jail. Literally. Yeah, like, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. He's not even in his 20s. You're saying he's 32 to her mm-hmm. 19 to 20. Red uh-huh. 31 or 32. Honestly, the first red the first red flag for this book should have been that it's set in fucking Florida. Like, <laughs> hello, Florida man. Florida. Well, he's from Chicago, but yeah. Well, he's still Florida man. <laughs> that, yeah, that's the way he moved there. I don't know. Like, he's just. I hate. I hate him so much. Like, all of this. Like, aside, he's so much older than her, and like, 
lies to her over and over and over like about his because like he doesn't even tell her about being scott until almost the end of the fucking book oh my god like they're going on all these dates and like zara is conflicted because like she she likes rowan but then she's flirting with scott like so he's still keeping this up yeah like he's still keeping up both personas like this whole time oh my god yeah and then like he finds end up telling her and of course zara is like heartbroken over this like she is so upset because she's like you know i've been dealing with like liking two guys and not knowing like what to do and then i find out that it's the same person and then she dumps him and the book is over please Please? say that's the ending please i wish that was the end and then finally goes to hr and files complaints against him and she owns the company now exactly how about that after the lawsuit right and because the other brothers don't fulfill their stuff she gets all of the money she gets all the $75 billion. Exactly, all of it. That's so much fucking money. She could have just made them millionaires. Why? Do- <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's disgusting. But anyway, like I said, it gets so much worse. So anyways, uh, Rowan ends up taking Zara to New York City to um, like a book signing as like a date or whatever. To buy her affection. Yeah, it's a sp- Yeah, it's a spur of the moment date. When they come back, she ends up getting really, really sick. Um, ends up with pneumonia. Rowan ends up taking her to his house. This is important. I swear. Um, so he takes her to his house because no. she lives like alone, basically. He wants to take care of her. <laughs> Run! <laughs> this is so quickly turned into the start of a horror novel. <laughs> I just, I can't. I just, oh. I'm telling you, like, when I got to this part of the story, I was so disgusted. So anyways, like, she has pneumonia. She's been sick for days and days and days. Doctor! Pneumonia? Doctor! Well, she doesn't know that she has pneumonia, but then, like, Rowan calls a doctor to come do a house call. Like, because doctors Uh. do that shit. Um, He does a house call. He's like, you know, she has pneumonia. She needs to go to the hospital. He's like, and Rowan's like, okay, we're going to call an ambulance, whatever. Well, um, he ends up leaving the room to do something. Zara gets up because she's, like, trying to find her phone. And she goes to the bathroom, falls over, knocks her head, and ends up going on sure uh rowan <laughs> finds zara in the bathroom blood all over the floor she's like got a big gash in her head where she fell in the bathroom blah 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 and he like has this existential crisis about how like he cares too much about her and like he's so upset because she's gonna die and like he can't let himself feel anything so he's just gonna dump her ass and so while she's in the hospital sick from pneumonia with a big gash in her head he fucking dumps her Okay, dick. Okay. Um, And, like, does it in the worst way possible because he's, like, he tells her that he's lost track of what's important and that... Um, <laughs> Money. Basically. And that, um, you know, he never takes time off work and because of her he's been taking time off work and he feels pathetic because, you know, he's been changing his life around and, like I said, you know, he's lost track of what's important and... He never asked to play her dutiful boyfriend because that's not the man that he is. You were the one who wanted to take care. Okay. All right. She better own this fucking company. (laughs) And I should say at the beginning of this relationship, like he made it a point to her that like he wanted to keep things casual. But throughout this whole book, he's the one reaching his hand out. He's the one making all the romantic gestures. And then when things get serious because of him, because he wanted to take care of her while she was sick, he has a crisis and says, I want to keep things casual. And she's like, you know, every decision that you've made up to this point, like, it's because 
of you. Like, this never would have been anything more than something non-casual if it hadn't have been for you. Like, this is all your fault. And then you have the nerve to dump me because you're, you got scared, basically. And so then, like, he tells her, you know, well, I was supposed to move back to Chicago anyway because at the end of the month, like, my six months is over. Keep in mind, she had no idea about this. Like, in her mind, he was going to be director forever. She did not know about this whole clause, like, with his grandfather and the $25 billion. Like, she had no clue about any of this. And he drops it on her in the hospital while she's sick after he broke up with her. What the fuck? What <laughs> yeah. the fuck? You know what? It just gets even worse. Can you be done? <laughs> Yeah, uh, so he leaves, uh, she's all heartbroken, blah, blah, blah. A couple of days later, Zara gets a letter in the mail, um, that has, that's like been like postmarked or whatever from Rowan's grandfather, the owner of Dreamland, who recently died. And he says that she is going to be on the board that will vote for Rowan's idea. Awesome. And, uh, because of this, Zara thinks that Rowan like knows that she's gonna oh and that's why he was trying to like and that's why he hired her that's why that's why he loved up on her all that she thinks that's the reason which to give rowan credit he did not know yeah he didn't know and i i mean if i was her i would have come to that same conclusion yeah and i and i don't blame her for coming up with it because i would think the same thing and then you know when she confronts rowan about it and he says you know i didn't know she doesn't believe him and i wouldn't either because all he's done is lie to her um, so yeah, she goes to the board, um, the board meeting where he's going to talk about, you know, his ideas or whatever. And, uh, he basically steals all her ideas and says, uh, I did this mentorship program with, uh, with an employee. He doesn't even name Zara by name and says, um, you know, I want to make us more inclusive and make rides that better suit disabled people. Uh, the board votes yes. And he wins his idea and $25 million or 25 billion. Sorry. And yeah, then the book ends and they get married and have a baby. Um, okay. Okay. I've dropped some really great one-star reviews of this book in our chat, if you would like to take a look. Oh, I will read them right now. I actually have a four-star review that I want to highlight. This girl gave four-star, and she says, The way I drool over men that are absolute dicks is actually sad at this point. Like, where is my hottest shit billionaire boss that gives me dirty looks but is secretly lusting after me? Girl, get help! Get help! So God. this first one star review, uh, I read after I left my two star review. What'd you give the extra star for? Because because you finished it. I typically don't give one stars for books that I finish. The only exception being Siggy Shade. So I just felt like I couldn't give it one star because I actually finished it. But I did like the one star review. Here's a sequel idea: the divorce papers. Yep. <laughs> Please. This one is, if you want to fuck Walt Disney, please keep it to yourself. <laughs> this would have been better if every single character was dead. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> the opening dedication is so... <clears throat> it says, to girls who dream of meeting a prince but end up falling for the misunderstood villain. Bro is not misunderstood. No. He's a douchebag yeah, billionaire. No. I don't care if at the end of it he realized that he was a douchebag and raised minimum wage. I don't care. You were a douchebag for 32 years up before this. I don't care that your daddy said some mean words to you when you were a little boy and you gave up your dream of drawing. I don't care about that. You should be able to move past the things that are said to you and, like, just be a good person regardless. Yeah, whenever you said that the reason that he didn't like Dreamland is because he had a bunch of really nice cherished memories with his mother who had recently passed and so he hated the place, I was like, oh, so this man needs fucking therapy. I was gonna say, yeah. therapy. Literally, okay, 
he moves into his grandfather's old home, which is like kind of on Dreamland property. It's kind of not really explained very well. Um, and there's a swing on the front porch that he ends up trying to tear down because his memories of it are of him and his mother sitting on it and her reading stories to him. So, yeah, okay. So your inability to confront your own grief has manifested in this explicit anger and hatred of anything that reminds you of the person. Great. That's healthy. Yeah, it's super healthy. I'm just tired of the billionaire trope. Like, I don't care. I can't connect with these people. Mm -mm. And to be frank, I don't want to be with a billionaire. No. The idea of it is nauseating to me. Yep. Anybody who is that rich, we have lived completely different lives. There's nope. no relatability happening there. I have paid taxes and you haven't. And for that reason alone, we, we are not friends. Yeah. Like, I, mm -hmm. I don't care. We have nothing in common. You have exploited people. I have been exploited. We're right. not the same. I knew I wasn't going to like this man when, like, 30 pages in, he talked about, like, voting against increasing the minimum wage. I was like, I'm, I'm supposed to like this guy? Like, I'm supposed to be pulling for this guy who's quote-unquote morally gray. Like, there's nothing morally gray about him. He's just a bad person. Like, it made me sad. Anyway, B, what's your book? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I need a minute to, like, rinse my brain. <laughs> I just, I'm so... <laughs> it's a quick lobotomy. Yeah. I, I just want to say, for, for, for Caitlin, the back of the book is written in first person. No, absolutely not. I hate that so much. I just saw the fucking castle in the front and I thought It is a good cover, honestly. It is it's a good cover. I do like cover. the covers of these books. All all three of them have great covers. My initial idea of hiring Zara was a good thing in theory, but then I kissed her. Shut up. And you sexually assaulted her in a in the break room. Alright. We gotta move on. We're gonna talk about this for two hours. <sighs> yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't I, this was kind of messy because I didn't take notes. <laughs> but um, yeah, bad book. Don't read it. Um, I will not be reading the rest of the trilogy if you haven't Please figured don't. that out. So yeah, that was the fine print. Don't read it. All right. Be curious away. Take us into another land. I, I was like, you were you were talking, Kristen, and I was like, I should have gone first because I don't like. I I'm like <laughs> still overwhelmed that this book exists. <laughs> That was Sorry. a doozy. No, I mean, it happened. That was, Oh, all right. That sure happened. <laughs> it happened to me, and I'm never going to be the same. Yeah. So it's interesting that you and I are paired together for this episode, because the book that I read from the bookstore is actually one that you found, Kristen. Ooh. Part of it was like, I, I was one of the... So I drove to, to Kristen's, and so I was like, cool, I got a car. I don't have to worry about a flight. I got a car. Um, I literally took the trunk organizer I have for groceries and filled it with books. Yeah, you like left with a load. <laughs> so I did not have nearly as many as you, but Ryan saw my bag of books on the floor. I didn't tell him. I told him we went to a bookstore. <laughs> I didn't tell him how many I bought. And I had it sitting on the floor and he like walked up and looked inside and he was like, Caitlin, what's what's this? And I was like, those are, <laughs> I had those books already. And he was like, mm, I don't think you did actually. <laughs> Mind your fucking business. <laughs> I bought like eight or nine books while we were. I think I actually bought more than that, but I did not buy nearly as many as B. I I had bought well. So the only reason I got away with it with my partner is that I bought some books for them, yeah, and for our family. Yeah. And so I was able to skate by because a good handful of the books that I bought were f for others. 
so for the listeners, like this, this is, it's not a bookstore. It's a warehouse. Like it's an, it's a warehouse that has been converted into a use. It's got books, records, DVDs, games, videos. So we were in the aisles of this warehouse of a store and I got a cart and everyone had like wandered off. And this is before I had loaded up the cart, but so it's the towards the very beginning of of the hours that we were there. Um, but Kristen walks up, uh, all casual, and hands me this book, and I don't remember exactly what you said, but it was something along the lines of like, like here, I saw this and thought of you. And I'm just gonna say like, cue internal panic as I read the back blurb, wondering what this meant about what Kristen really th- thinks of me. <laughs> remember what it is. <laughs> By the way, the tagline on the book, like of the top of the back blurb of this book says, sometimes to truly know a person, you have to read between the lines. Um, but more than that, the very first sentence of the blurb on the back says, Isabel is completely lost. <laughs> Kristen, I, I'm not going to make you admit remember. anything. But anyway, uh, I read the back of the book and, and I felt I felt judged. <laughs> See, I just saw the cover and I was like, oh, this like reminds me of B. And I just get like, I, I I pulled a lady in that moment. I didn't read the back. <laughs> so I can't remember, but if you had already read it or not, but this is, this book is called By the Book by Jasmine Guillory. Have you, has anyone read it? No. Nope. No. Okay. It's a book called By the Book um, by Jasmine Guillory. It has like a peach pink color background that I really wouldn't pick up on my own. The cover almost looks like a vector cover, um, but it has the two main characters kind of like interacting with the title of the book. And then actually the main female character is like breaking the fourth wall and looking back like over her shoulder at you. Um, so it's a little bit sassy. So in, in a way, it kind of works. Um, also on the cover at the bottom is a line that says a meant to be novel, which I had never seen. Um, but it was pretty obvious that it was like a, a, contemporary romance and also like a definitely gonna have a happy happily ever after ending um so anyway so let me do the blurb because no one's heard it and then listen carefully because i'm going to ask you a question oh god i mean tested you are okay oh god isabel is completely lost when she first began began her career in publishing after college she did not expect to be 25 still living at home and one of the few black employees at her publishing house overworked and underpaid Constantly torn between speaking up or stifling herself, Izzy thinks there must be more to this publishing life. So when she overhears her boss complaining about a beastly high-profile author who has failed to deliver his long-awaited manuscript, Isabel sees an opportunity to prove her worth and finally get the recognition she deserves. All she has to do is go to the author's Santa Barbara mansion and give him a pep talk or three. How hard could it be? But Izzy quickly finds out she's in over her head. Bo Towers is not some celebrity lightweight writing a tell-all memoir. He is jaded and withdrawn, and it turns out, just as lost as Izzy. But despite his standoffishness, Izzy needs Bo to deliver, and with her encouragement, his story begins to spill onto the page. They soon discover they have more in common than either of them expected, and as their deadline nears, Izzy and Bo begin to realize there may be something there that wasn't there before. Best-selling author Jasmine Guillory's achingly romantic reimagining of a classic tale is a tale as old as time for a new generation. Huh? Wait a minute. <laughs> so I knew Kristen would get it. I was going to say. It, I, I got it instantly as soon as uh, the something there. As soon as she said there's yep. something there. Something yeah, there before, I knew yeah. that, but I was like, I, wait a minute. I got it because of 
Taylor's oldest time, okay? I was far behind everyone no else. <laughs> but yeah, so if you just from like the blurb, you're picking out, right? You you have the beastly high profile, uh, something there that wasn't there before. Taylor's oldest time. Um, you get a little bit more of like you can see the persona, but like the being withdrawn and standoffishness. And I really just felt like I was slapped in the face with that Beauty and the Beast shit at the end, though. It was like, yeah, it was surprise. <laughs> So that was my thing, was can you guess the retelling? And I mean, before I even asked it, Kristen got it, but everyone got it. I mean, I, the only thing I could think after I heard that one part was like, Beauty and the Beast, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and that's, so it's it's definitely, it's contemporary romance. Um, you have two characters, Isabel Marlowe and Isabel, right? And then Bo Towers, and so Beauty, but also kind of playing off of like Beast and stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> it, it, okay. Yules. Anyway, <laughs> um, but so it goes through, and so Izzy, like you have this tiny little prologue where uh, you have Izzy as a like fresh out of college, first hire, super excited, and then the first chapter is three years later, and she's clearly like disgruntled, as it says, overworked, underpaid. Um, and essentially she's an assistant to one of the like senior editor editors at this publishing house. The publishing house is called Tale as Old as Time Publishing. Cool. Subtle. <laughs> I'll come back to that in a little bit. But so Izzy is just like languishing in this position. And there's this author who is a celebrity. And he so it's Bow Towers. He's a celebrity in his own right, but also he's a legacy like a hollywood legacy like mom and dad both heavily involved in hollywood another nepo yeah. yay <laughs> and some and definitely like <laughs> disney stuff going on yeah <laughs> but so basically bo has a huge like bad boy streak that goes up and basically like his life is crashing and burning and from that he gets this book deal to write a memoir and he's like super behind on it. And so part of Izzy's job before like the turning, you know, the, the moment where things start to change, part of Izzy's job is to email him every week to kind of check in to be like, Hey, how's it going? Do you need help? What can we do? Really interested in making sure you can help get, you know, get this done. Happy to help in any way. Um, and they all, all of those emails go unanswered. But so she's been sending them for like at least a year, if not two years. Um, so then she, ends up going out to California for a book conference. And while she's at this book conference, she's like with the other like admin assistants and stuff, but she overhears her boss, who's always been kind of like hard on her. And that we'll come back to that in a little bit. Um, but she overhears her boss complaining about Bo Towers and his memoir. And basically it comes up that Izzy's kind of like, well, I can, we're in California. I can just go to Santa Barbara where he lives and talk to him like and see what the deal is and so that's when things change and here's where you're kind of like all right beauty and the beast like going to the castle and such um so she goes uh you know you you know what to expect she ends up like there he's he's gruff and mean um and she doesn't want anything to do with him uh but she ends up kind of getting stuck there because she needs to wait to catch her flight the next day but so she ends up staying there for i think the total ends up being like a month and a half, two months. Um, and he's like unwilling to write and, uh, she's trying to like coach him through writing. And it's, it's a lot of the stuff that like we all have written and continue to write. 
But it's where it's like, you don't feel like writing and it's like, just get something on the page, right? Just write yeah. the first draft. It's going to be terrible. Um, and like all of those things going through it. It's not like I can spoil it in certain ways because you know, like, you know, from looking at the book, what is going to happen and you know that it's going to be a happily ever after. But so yeah, she stays, she gets called back to New York. Like this whole time they had been developing feelings together. They do start hooking up before um, she leaves. Uh, there's miscommunication. There's, you know, learning to know who the other person is, learning more about the other person. Um, in terms of the romance, it's a lot of uh, once they do start hooking up, it's kind of fade to black. It's like some kissing and then fade to black kind of stuff. But part of why I picked to read it was because some of the other things I read, I was like, I'm not ready for something heavy. So I was like, this worked for me because it was light um, and like very direct in terms of what you were going to get. If you're looking for something light, uh, Beauty and the Beast retelling, contemporary romance, happily ever after, um, two black leads. It's it's a very lighthearted, for the most part, easy read. Um, I mean, there's obviously conflict and some... Like in the conflict, especially from Bo, some of the some that he things that he talks about, it's not like it's dark, but there's conflict and drama in his life. But it's it's relatively short, three hundred thirteen pages. It worked. Um, I read it because I was traveling a lot this summer and I needed something that I didn't have to think too hard about, and I didn't have have to think too hard about this one. Yeah, <laughs> the story was basically already told for you. Exactly, tale as old as time. <laughs> yeah. It, so for what it what I needed, it worked. Um, I liked like Izzy is so green in the para in the prologue where it's it really is like this is gonna date me but like if you've seen i was thinking of like mary tyler moore when she, in the opening credits of mary tyler moore and she's like <laughs> spinning around on the sidewalk you really are aging yourself girl nick at night <laughs> when i was little okay but anyway um or just any think of imagine um jess from new girl like the kind of unbridled optimism, even yeah. when stuff is wrong. And then in the prologue, and this is, I, I do like when an author does this well, when they use like similar form, like a similar formula or, or wording or writing, but twist it around. So you have like the prologue where it goes through her typical, like getting to work and what happens when she's walking in the office. And, and again, everything's rosy and, and, you know, just she's so excited and exuberant and like optimistic. And then chapter one is three years later, and it's the same sequence of, like, going into the office, and she is just so over it. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love that in movies. Yeah. You know, like, she she's like, so excited to see all the books that she sees at her desk, and she's like, oh, this is amazing. And then in the chapter one, she's like, oh, my God, look at these 15 manuscripts that showed up overnight. <laughs> and the first, you know, someone put too much like milk in her coffee and she's like but that's okay and then she's just like there are no good coffee places around here that get it right <laughs> <laughs> and, and like she's li she's like i'm with my parents but it's okay like i like them and it'll work out and then she's like i need a break from my parents right now yeah so like it also sets her up that she's ready for like she is ready in terms of life like for something to change um i mean again there's nothing like mind-blowing about this so it works See, not everything has to change your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. You just need something Sometimes you just easy. have a book that you want to read. Right. Not everything needs to change your life. Sometimes that's bad. Yeah, yeah. sometimes it's sometimes very you just bad. need to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like if I hadn't been in the right mindset opening up this book, all the Beauty and the Beast Disney references are laid on so thick. There's a housekeeper uh at Bo's place that's like 
an old family friend, so he has a nickname for her, and she she fills in the role of Mrs. Potts, and her her nickname is Kettle. Oh Great. Oh wow. Um, there's a guy back at the New York office that basically used to be in the admin role that Izzy is right now, um, and he's moved up to like junior editor or whatever, but he's like backhandedly nice to Izzy mm. while also sabotaging her, and he's the filling the role of Gaston. Not in a romantic way, but just in like a villain sabotaging way. Okay. Right. And uh, his name is Gavin. Starts with a G. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it's laid on thick. But again, I was like, all right, you were obvious. I, I, I mean, knew yeah. you were going to be obvious. Yeah. yeah, the Beating the Beast reference was not subtle. No, like- exactly. No. <laughs> um, I did like both the main characters for this. Um, Izzy, Izzy's voice is... I think pretty good in terms of like a 25 year old who's been slogging through three years of a job that isn't letting her thrive. Amen, sister. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it was like reading like some of the, the lines, especially from like the perspective of a woman that Izzy says, some of the lines I was like, this is exactly how I felt at 25 and I had to, I had to leave that job. Yeah. I think Bo's voice, Bo is clearly a person who has never lived a life that Izzy has lived. And and then also because he has to fill the role of the beast, like he's rude. And part of his gig is that he had this like crash and burn thing and it became a recluse. So he also just hasn't been around people that he doesn't know. But so every time though, every time he's a total dick and says something callous or wrong, he atones for it. There are times when like they have a big fight and she leaves and he waits on the stoop for her to come back so he can apologize. All right. So, I mean, it's like in the book, you actually read about like what he says to her in terms of apologizing and then also backing up with actions and his um, actions in terms of the building of the romance. Like he stays in the bottom floor of the house and he says the top floor is totally yours and I will never come up there without you asking me to. Very much like consent, double checking on consent, including even just like, hey, can like for the first kiss, like is it okay if I kiss you right now? And so it's in that sense, you're like, all right, we got, we got, we got the consent. Like, all right, good. There is a really cute thing that Bo does uh, in terms of the manuscript and, and like the writing exercises and stuff. Uh, There's something really cute that he does. It it isn't revealed until the end, um, but it ends up being pretty cute. But yeah, I mean, very like direct. You knew it was happening. If you want a mystery, this is not the book for you. (laughs) Yeah. But if you need something cozy and want to feel smart about finding all the references to Beauty and the Beast, I'll say it sounds like right up, like in a in a lot of ways, it sounds up my alley. Yeah, like I don't remember this because it was like two months ago. But that's probably why I picked it up at the first place was because of the Beauty and the Beast reference. I don't know, like it just something about the cover just said like. B is gonna like this because you're really <laughs> the only other person that will read a contemporary romance. I figured that was why you gave it to me because I was like, yeah, I, I like, know that I'll read contemporary romance. Yeah, like I read probably not as much as you, but I, I read more than Caitlin and Lady both um, because they never touch it. And so like, it's just, I know that she will appreciate this book and like it more than likely. And bonus points, it has Disney references. Like what, how you can't go wrong here, you know? If I want romance, I'll have romance with magic. Yep. That's, that's valid. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not hating on it. I am going to read one part, though. Um, so basically, this is one of the times when it's definitely the miscommunications and missed cues. 
basically like Izzy's just had a call with Gavin and he's again like gaslighting her and sabotaging her. Um, so she's like in a mood. And then basically like Bo asks something. He's kind of like, well, why are you in this job? What's in it for you when you have to like sit here and like deal with whiny authors and stuff like that? And you don't get Bo's perspective. But so he's saying it like smiling and seemingly in a friendly way, but Izzy takes it totally the wrong way because she thinks he's making fun of her. Basically, this is her defense of her job. I know this entire concept is foreign to you, but some people need to work for a living. The expression on his face changed when she said that. He looked angry. Good. She kept going. But even beyond a paycheck, some of us actually care about our jobs. I work hard at my job because I love books. I love everything about them. I love the way that you can fall into another world while you're reading. The way books can help you forget hard things in life or help you deal with them. I love all the different shapes books come in and the way they feel in your hand. I love seeing authors develop their idea from just a few sentences to a manuscript to an actual book that's on the shelves. And I love the face they make when they see their name on a book cover for the first time. I love when readers discover books that felt like they were meant just for them. And they're so happy and grateful and emotional that everyone in the room wants to cry. And sometimes they all do. Those books cha do change lives. I hope that answers your question. And then she like storms out of the kitchen. Izzy definitely fits into that role when you imagine Belle like standing up to the beast and, and saying stuff, you know, sassy back. Yeah. You know, Bo definitely fits in with the like withdrawn, like really misunderstanding. And then also like, you know, split second kind of like persona change. But yeah, anyway, that's my book. It was fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I can only read it, honestly. But like, don't go into it thinking it's going to change your world. Right. Like, and when I pick up a contemporary romance, it's not, that's not ever my thought. Same. <laughs> I mean, I want to read something that is easy and will not affect me in a good or a bad way. Like, it'll just be there. That's, that's what this is. I'll mail it to you. Book exchange. <laughs> So, guys, I have something a little bit different today. Tell us. So, I am going to give credit to Griffin McElroy because I stole oh. this idea from him. And we are going to do what they call a segment, which is Wizard of the Cloud. <gasps> and I'm going to read a WikiHow article, which is called How to Enjoy Reading Books. Oh, I need that. <laughs> Because apparently we don't know how to do it correctly. No, and, no, we don't. Uh, I wanted to do something different. You know, we did the same games over and over, and I want to keep it interesting because I, I just like to do different things. And um, I was like, surely I can find some Buck Wild WikiHow article. And I came across this one, and like, it starts off kind of tame, and then it gets kind of weird. So uh, you've described like ninety-seven of the WikiHows. <laughs> Yeah, 97%. and so for me or for anyone else who doesn't listen to my brother and my brother and me, basically every week uh, someone either sends or I think Griffin finds a WikiHow article that's kind of weird, and he just reads it out and they make fun of it or whatever. And so they call it Wizard of the Cloud. But uh, so I found one, I want to read it, and then we can talk about it as I go, whatever. It's mostly just for us to comment on because it's like wild. But this one is how to enjoy reading books. Um, step one, pick the right book. <laughs> well okay yeah Dumb. check life uh, changed it, it says reading what you like is often the key to liking reading if you don't like chocolate cake it doesn't mean you don't like all types of cake it's the same with reading i agree actually this is written to a middle schooler who's been told they can't read graphic novels because it doesn't count as books <laughs> you can't read anime constantly this is this is written specifically for my partner <laughs> 
Uh, so step two, ask your friends and family about their favorite books. You can nope. start learning about different no, varieties. No, I will not do that. Some ideas. Absolutely not. Some people have bad taste. Yep. Yeah, I only I only ask the people on my internet. Yeah. <laughs> on my <Discord laughs> the little people chat. living in my computer. But only the people I know on the internet. Yeah. Exactly. Not, not random people on like TikTok and YouTube. No, God, no. Evidence, Kristen's book from this episode. Literally. (laughs) Exhibit A, the book I just talked about. You know, I actually, I got The Cruel Prince through Alcrate, so like, potentially. That's a good one. That was fine. That's a good one. Alcrate is good. I mean, I heard about it on TikTok, so I mean. Shame. Alcrate is good. All the books I've read from Alcrate are good. Step three, read the book about your favorite movie. Nope. No. No. Um, No. First of all, I should do that first. Um, step four, find a comfier place to read. If you're always itchy or achy, you probably won't enjoy your book. Mm. Choose a clean, quiet area that will be easy to focus on. Clean and quiet? No. I don't think you who's understand what it is to have ADHD and read. read. Who's itchy? Like, like who's itchy? <laughs> Me. <laughs> Me right now. I'm so itchy. For the record, I just got a new tattoo and I can't scratch it. <laughs> yeah, that's your fault. Yeah, I did that to myself. But I am itchy. Step five. Relax. Take a couple of deep breaths before reading. I thought you were gonna say take a Xanax. Like and have something <laughs> and have something hot to drink. Relaxing is a great way to enjoy lots of things. Yeah, I need the whole WikiHow article to tell me how to relax though. <laughs> yeah. That's not something I know how to do. Yeah. Can we get a follow-up WikiHow on how to relax? <laughs> uh step six feels like a call out to me and Caitlin. It says, understand what you're reading. <laughs> no. I don't want to understand. I don't I want to. Nothing. I like not knowing what's going on. It says find the reading level for you. If you don't, if you don't know the words or expressions, you will find the book very dull and frustrating. That's not true at all. Actually, that's not true at all. I understand hair of the knife at all, but I loved every second of it. Step seven: connect with the story. Ask yourself what each character enjoys doing the most, and try connecting it to your favorite hobbies, talents, likes, and dislikes. Pass. No. Pass. Okay. Not smash, no, pass. <laughs> some of these characters, some of the books, some of the characters from books that I read are fucking awful people. Exactly. I don't want to be, I don't want to be BFFs with them. I don't want to no. go fucking get lattes and then go to Claire's. But I do encourage their behaviors, though. Exactly. Like, I support women's wrongs. That doesn't mean I want to be friends with them. What do you imagine Valerian's hobbies were? Looking at himself in the mirror. Something sadist. Like, killing small animals. Eating ass. <laughs> Uh, that too, Caitlin yeah. Got the right for answer, sure. Actually, the the answers that we just gave were so different. I said killing small animals. That was mine. But I he think. said looking at herself, looking at himself in the mirror, and then Caitlin said eating ass. My personal headcanon is that Valerian was ace, so the eating ass. I'm not sure. Well, I guess maybe he can just please someone. He be his own ass. Let's be real. Oh, for sure. If he had the ability, he would do it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, okay, step eight. Make all reading enjoyable. If you only read because you have to, change that. Don't pick a super boring book. Go to the library. Try historical fiction. Historical fiction's <laughs> your not boring book? Why, why is historical fiction the good yeah. one? You said, don't pick a boring book, and then you said, read historical fiction. How many people do I know can't, like, hate reading because they had to read historical fiction? Oh my god. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, step nine. Plan time. Reading. That's a good one, actually. Yeah, it says keep everything balanced so you have time to read a little bit at least. You can never enjoy reading if you never. I do. do. I read instead of sleeping. It's great. 
Step 10, set goals. Try reading one page every day for a week. That would just piss me off. No, don't you understand? (laughs) I did, and so did my entire generation, and all the Pizza Huts that had the... Yes! Yes! We all read. I single-handedly bankrupted a Pizza Hut, I swear to God. (laughs) I had so many AR points. So if you don't know anything about WikiHow, there's actually expert Q&As at the end of it. Please tell me what they say. <laughs> so there's one that says... Who's the expert, though? Uh, well, me. this guy is Jake Adams, who is an academic tutor and test prep specialist. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, which, okay. Um, but someone said, what if the book is one I'm forced to read? And the expert said... Just take a deep breath and do some research. Try reading a few chapters at a time. <laughs> just it, it, you're forced to read it. Just take a deep breath and just, make it even more boring. Breath, yeah, you hate reading. Do more reading. Exactly. <laughs> I had to read my so my brother is older than me and always like watched the movie or got the spark notes or whatever. But I like to read, and I had to read. This, I, we had summer assignments, and I had to read The Grapes of Wrath before starting high school, and I tried everything i possibly could the whole summer to actually read the book and i couldn't do it couldn't get through it it was the only time i actually had to like watch the movie to understand what happened i literally couldn't do it they tried to make us read flags of our fathers my junior year and i was like yeah i'm not doing that i just read the worst answer to a question (laughs) on this weekly how article tell us tell us tell us the question is how do i make other people enjoy reading this is this is the answer, and I. I, I also, need a you, question for my partner. I need you to listen to the whole I need thing that. because it gets wilder yes. as you read. Most people who don't enjoy reading haven't found the right book yet. Show the person or people a book that coincides with any of their interests. If they are the kind who think they are allergic to the side of books, show them the graphic novel version of a movie they like. Or if all else fails, introduce them to Wattpad. Oh no! no! Oh my gosh! <laughs> that's awful. That's the worst advice. That's why. That's like, that's like. Oh hey, uh, my friend is. I'm trying to get my friend into reading. What do I do? Oh, and somebody says, "Here, hand them a live atomic bomb." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Read this Harry Styles self-insert fanfic. I think no. a twelve-year-old wrote that. <laughs> oh, like what? Okay, this is the last one I'm going to do because I just think it's so freaking funny. But the question is, I want to read books, but I can't because of some kind of distraction. So I actually want to know how I can overcome this problem. And the answer, <laughs> the answer is, find out what's distracting you and avoid it. <laughs> oh, thank you. My brain. Thank you. Thank you. This is, thank you for elaborating. I appreciate that. I don't think that they understand that I could be distracted by a stray piece of hair on the page. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Like, what? Who wrote this? Someone who, like, doesn't have mental illness? When Before we started recording, my office, I had my sewing machine on my desk because I had been sewing. And the entire time that we've been recording, I've been finding teeny tiny little pieces of thread that I cut off from, like, strips of fabrics I I was sewing. And I've been playing with them the whole time. I'm not the least bit surprised by this news. But yeah, that is, uh, that was that. I don't know if I'll be able to find any more, but I thought that was fun. And I was reading it today during work. And I was like, this is freaking buck wild amazing yeah that was great great advice follow every single one of those steps also that was a lot of fucking steps yeah it was 10 steps um 
And the community expert answers were garbage. Like, I don't... Don't use Wattpad. Don't. At the very least, Please use no. Archive of If you listen to this podcast and for some reason you don't like reading, um, don't read on Wattpad. Don't. Yeah. That will not make you like reading. It will make you hate it, probably. It so will turn you into it. a terrorist. <laughs> it will turn you into a terrorist. But also, don't listen to an expert who's a tutor. If you really want to talk to an expert about reading, go to a library and talk to a librarian whose job it is to get people involved and interested in books. Talk to me. Yeah, talk to the people on this podcast. If you want to learn how to read more, email us at redinthedarkpod.gmail.com. <laughs> you can find us at Red in the Dark Pod on Instagram and Tumblr. Our email is redinthedarkpod at gmail.com if you want to ask a question about any of the books we discussed on this episode or about how to enjoy reading. We also have a book club, and you can join that and learn about what, what books you might enjoy. <laughs> you can find us at Warren Page Library on Instagram and Tumblr, which will have details on how to join our Discord. Finally, we are hosting some challenges on Storygraph through the book club, which you can find by searching Warren Page Library's Book of the Month and Warren Page Library's 23 for 2023 in the challenges section of the app. Today, Kristen talked about the Fine Print by Lauren Asher, and I talked about By the Book by Jasmine Guillory. Books that we mentioned today were Fifty Shades of Grey by E.L. James, because of the unfortunate tie to billionaires. And sex genes. <laughs> and as always, The Cruel Prince by Holly Black, which is wonderful, and if you want to find something to enjoy to read, read that. Read that. Not Fifty yes. Shades of Grey. Don't read Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Our next episode will be out on September 26th. Keep reading, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.